Today's episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. When you need a game plan for protection, State Farm agents are here to help. With personalized service, agents are available to talk in person, over text, or through the State Farm app. So go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Find an agent in your neighborhood today. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. Podcast on the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined as always by my co-host and my co-Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. How are you doing, DK? I'm doing really excellent. How are you doing, man? I am fantastic. I am still reeling from the Giants and Eli Manning blowing it on Monday Night Football, <laughs> but it's okay, as you can tell. How are you doing, Craig? I'm so full. I had a massive lunch, and I'm kind of struggling to think. I like you said I. Actually, the entire ringer, we just had a bunch of Chick-fil-A. Yeah, we all just ate a ton of Chick-fil-A, and everyone's just crawling around the office. There was about three sandwiches per person. Yeah. It's not quite as bad as the time there was Shake Shack, and then no one did anything for the afternoon. Does this mean for the first time ever, I'm going to be the one that has to bring the energy? Yeah, you're the, you're the big energy today, DK. We were defending it. The glucose levels are off the charts for this podcast. I've got some coffee in my system. I'm going to give it my best shot. Great. A lot, of, a lot of protein, too, I guess. That's true. We're bulking. <laughs> it's bulk season. It's there bulking we go. season. Is that what they... Is it? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. I, mean, I am bulking right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a fan. You're a fan? No, you thought I was going to make fun of you, didn't I you? I did, yeah. No, no. I just... There's plenty of opportunities to make fun of you. <laughs> That's not the one. Anyway, we're going to run through a bunch of players we like in their matchups this week. We're going to break down our FanDuel lineup of the week at the end. But first, we're going to run through some categories. Some DFS players... We're loving this week. Let's dive right in. Go big. DK, who is an expensive, expensive, expensive player you think is worth the money? But if you have an expensive one, get one of those too. Uh, I'm a big fan of DeAndre Hopkins this week of the Texans uh, going up against the Titans. He's 8,600 bucks. Um, so obviously that is a lot. He's the most expensive wide receiver on this slate at FanDuel. Um, but he's averaging 11.1 targets a game over his last eight games among all players. His 89 targets ranks third behind only Edelman and Michael Thomas. 62 catches ranks second. 676 yards ranks eighth. Five touchdowns is tied for fifth. And his 136.6 half PPR points, in other words, his fan duel scoring, ranks fifth among all players. And that's in the last eight games. So he's on fire of late. And we still don't really know what Will Fuller's status is. If he does play, you know, there's always the risk he leaves early. So I just think that they're going to feed Hopkins a lot in this game. And I think it has the potential to be a shootout because – Titans are just playing on fire right now. Their, their offense is just insane. And so, yeah, I like that. I think the Texans are looking for and need a bounce back. This is a key divisional matchup. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Hopkins this week. I like Hopkins, too. He's the number three fantasy wide receiver since week six. So, started out really slow, but he's doing well now. Do you know who the number two fantasy receiver is since week six? Since week six? <sighs> I don't know. Tell me. Kenny Galladay. Oh, Wow. Kenny Galladay. Really? He's That's the impressive. fifth most expensive receiver on the slate. He is my go big this week. Uh, unfortunately, Marvin Jones Jr., who has been opposite Kenny this season, is on injured reserve. So now Kenny Galladay getting all the outside targets himself. He leads the entire league in receiving touchdowns. That's not since week six. That is the whole year. 
Marvin Jones Jr. was tied for number two in the league, actually along with Chris Godwin, and Lions are playing the Bucks this week, so Godwin and Galladay actually kind of in a similar situation. They're both, he's down Marvin Jones Jr., Chris uh, Godwin's down Mike Evans, but mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay, second most catches this year of 20-plus yards. The Bucks defense, absolutely abysmal, continues to be. They're allowing the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers of any team, but not only do they allow the most points, they allow the most points by a massive margin. Like the average team is the Titans. They allow um, the Titans are allowing like twenty eight points per game to opposing receivers. The fifteen teams ahead of the Titans, fourteen of them are like in a five and a half point range. The Buccaneers are eleven points more per game ahead of the Titans, like the median number. The Buccaneers are allowing like thirty nine points per game. This Fanduel scoring, so half point perception. Two wide receivers on Fanduel. It is unbelievable. So I love the Lions this week in general, but also I love their outside receiving threats because the Buccaneers are just awful outside corners. And now Marvin Jones is out. So Kenny Galladay going to get all those targets. You think the fifth most expensive receiver is worth David Blau throwing to him? That doesn't worry you compared no. to like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams right next to him. No, no because no because. Marvin Jones is out, so the amount of targets, I think Kenny Galladay is an excellent bet to get the most targets of any receiver. And also, Blau's been fine. Like, he... I'm not worried about... I'm not worried about the Buccaneers. I don't care if it's... They take so many deep shots. David Blau could throw the most passes of any quarterback on Sunday. Actually, Evan Silva established the run, suggested that he probably would have the most pass attempts on Sunday. So, I think the volume makes up for the uh, lack of quality. What are we going to do without the Buccaneers next year? Like, if, if what if the Buccaneers are they getting all of a contracted? Get, like a solid, no, I'm just saying, like, what if they get a solid defense or at least their defense improves and then they get a different quarterback than Jameis Winston? Like, it's going to change the entire entire landscape of fantasy football. The Bucks are the most fun team in fantasy history, maybe. Absolutely. That's the, So what are we going to do without them? I really hope, you know, maybe they'll just re-sign Jameis and, and just run it back. You'll have the Giants. Just, they should just be like, can, like, can fantasy players just all buy the Bucks? Like, we all have like <laughs> .001 stake in the Bucks, And we say, keep Jameis, <laughs> have no defense, and just go deep. <laughs> we, have to, we have to get them a running back because Peyton Barber and Rojo aren't quite doing Let's it. Let's get them me. like Eckler and just like screw it. I like that. It's like the Packers, but we just have an IPO and like on Fandle. Exactly. Fandle can hold, you can buy your stock on Fandle Sportsbook. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Do you think there's been one Dantasy show this se- this whole season where we didn't talk about how much the Bucks suck or are awesome on offense? If there is, that's a mistake on our <laughs> We're not part. not doing a yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Craig, you got someone you're going big on this week. Yeah, I'm going to go big on, uh, with a heavy heart, I'm going big on Chris Carson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Rashad Penny tore his ACL. And like everyone in the Bells Seahawks. for Rashad Penny. I know. Everybody in the God. Seahawks is really, like, they sound depressed about it. They're, they're, they're very pessimistic. Uh, Pete Carroll's like, yeah, I don't know, What's man. the mood in the San Diego State Alumni Network? On all the message boards? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, luckily, it's being overshadowed by just the dominant year of San Diego State. Also, our basketball team is now ranked 25th, so look out for that. One of the four undefeated teams left. You can't make me look out for it. <laughs> so we're doing all right. You know, he'll be back. All right, talk about Chris Carson. All right. He's the 13th most expensive running back on FanDuel. I don't know why. Rashad Penny's out. They have CJ Procise, who doesn't count. They're playing the Panthers, who have allowed this, who have, who have sacked the quarterback the second most times in the NFL. So... I think the Seahawks are going to run the ball a lot. The Panthers yeah. are horrible against the run. They're a bottom five defense in PPR games allowed to running backs, rushing DVOA, yards allowed per carry, rush yards allowed, and rushing touchdowns allowed. And Carson is yeah. third in the NFL in carries, even despite Penny's resurgence in the latter half of the season. Chris Carson should be a top five running back this week, and I don't think it's unrealistic to say that he'll finish the, the week as the number one running back. DK, you're the Seahawks guy. Yeah. 
Oh, That's well. my reaction. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was like, what do you think? I thought I didn't really thought I have to elaborate. The, was that implied? Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what Craig says. I think they're going to feed Carson. I think he's going to, you know, before they got uh, Penny really involved over the last few weeks, I guess, he was averaging more touches than all, but I think McCaffrey. He's, or, he's he still was at least third top in carries. Three. Yeah. So he the, they, he will get absolutely a ton of volume. You know, just pray he doesn't freaking fumble it again, and and they and they have to go to precise. But yeah, that's the only worry is his butterfingers. Yeah, but I believe that they will ride Carson, and he'll get a ton of ton of uh, volume. And I and I agree that I think they'll run a lot because that's exactly, you know, that's the weakness of the Panthers. That's what the Seahawks want to do. Pete Carroll and their loss after they lost to the Rams came out and was like, "Oh, we didn't run it enough." And and every Seahawks fan just rolls their eyes. But yeah, hasn't there um, been every Seahawks game since twenty eleven? Yeah, pretty much. Every Seahawks loss anyway. Uh, we didn't run it enough. Chris Carson, going to get the ball. Yeah. Flipping it around. People who are too expensive this week. DK, you want to take this one or should I start? Uh, why don't you go for it first? Oh, all right. I'm ambivalent about Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill this week. I don't know uh, about this. I don't know about this. Craig, yeah, Craig's, Craig's coming for me on Convince this Convince me. So Patrick Mahomes is the second most expensive quarterback. Tyree Kill is fourth most expensive receiver on FanDuel. On paper, the matchup is fine, but my issue is that Patrick Mahomes' hand like doesn't seem healthy. Like he had an injury. He said he fell to the ground weird during the first half against the Patriots. There's no fracture in the hand, but it was bruising, it was swollen. He said he took one pass in the first throw, he was like, Well, that wasn't pretty. And then they basically stopped throwing <laughs> downfield. Uh Bill Barnwell at ESPN noted that that game, Mahomes' average pass traveled five and a half yards in the air. That is the shortest number of Mahomes' career. Mahomes on Wednesday, we were recording this Thursday afternoon. Mahomes on Wednesday said, quote, today was the first day I was really able to get a grip on the ball. I was able to kind of flick it around yesterday, but today was the first day I was able to really grip the ball, throw it, and drive it down the field a little bit. That was on Wednesday. Maybe he'll be perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, that's great. He's got three more days. I'm not, I'm a little, <laughs> color me concerned. Hmm. So I'm, I think that it's not great that the guy who's known for throwing downfield, suddenly they're dominating the short passing. So this is all injury-based, not Denver-based. Yeah, it's like that's a lot of risk to take against him. Just it's his hand, it's his throwing hand. And also, yeah. to be completely honest, when a quarterback has an injury like that, guys go for it. Like if, if any player has a foot injury, got a bunch of defenders sometimes accidentally step on a foot, and it's just Sweeps it's, it's a risky thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a risky thing. And Mahomes has not really there. Weeks have been few and far between where Mahomes has been surpassing his really high value. This is the third thing, so it's. If the hand holds him back a little bit, he's still got a dislocated kneecap, still dealing with the ankle sprain. So this is the third injury. Bad things come in threes. I just, I don't know. It's There's enough things that he hasn't been so productive that he's the second most expensive quarterback this year. He's only been a top two quarterback like a few times this year anyway. So not in love with it. And then Tyreek Hill by extension of the deep pass thing. But you liked Tyreek Hill yeah. this year and you actually changed. You were going to go big on him. Yeah. And then you cowardly backed out when you saw that. I was <laughs> no, 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 no. I made, I have side notes here because I was going to mention something. I thought you were going to talk about Denver because I didn't think you were going to think the hand Mahomes thing was a big deal. I thought you were going to talk about how good Denver's been against the pass. And I was going to say that although it looks like they've been tough against the pass, they're number seven, they're the seventh hardest defense on FanDuel against the pass. However, in the last six weeks, They've actually been the seventh easiest matchup for wide receivers against hmm. the past. So you sprung a trap for me and I didn't fall into I it. I did. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll let the that. listeners decide, won't yeah. we? Someone, yeah, make two lineups, one with Tyreek and Mahomes, one without, and tweet us. Tweet Craig. That's who you're going to be wanting to be tweeting. DK, who are you going home on? 
Uh, I'm taking a very similar tack on this one. Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers against Detroit. On paper, it looks like a good matchup. I mean, Detroit's defense has really struggled over the you know last couple months. And the Buccaneers have always been, at least most of the season, have been a high-volume, you know, very great fantasy option and everything. But again, Winston broke his hand. He has a broken bone in his thumb, I believe, his right thumb. He's been wearing a protective cast on his hand this week. As far as I know, as far as we've, like, been able to hear and and all the reports, this is worse than what Mahomes has because he has a legitimate break. Like, Mahomes just has a bruise. This is an actual fracture in his hand. He hasn't been throwing. He was actually seen throwing tennis balls at practice today instead of the football, which, and and again, it's Thursday afternoon, so a few days till game time, and he's still just throwing tennis balls at practice. Um, So basically, I'm just leery about the hand. He's 8,200. He's already erratic quarterback, and this just, to me, adds another variable, a layer of erraticness that I'm just not going to take a gamble on this week. And also, he's missing Mike Evans, so, you know, maybe... That could be a factor, too. So I'm just staying away from Jameis Winston. Are you worried about Chris Godwin by extension, if you're worried about Jameis Winston's hand? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, I would say. Um, I mean, there on one hand... On one thumb. Aha. Uh-huh. On one thumb, he's going to get more volume, likely. Um, and he's going to get more attention from the defense at the same time. So I don't really know how I feel about it. Overall, I'm just a little bit down on the Buccaneers' offense in general. I hope that Godwin goes off because I'm depending on him in a few season-long leagues. But, um, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about him in DFS. I think I'm just staying away from the Buccaneers' passing offense in general this week. So you have uh, an injury-riddled Jameis with a Mike Evans-less Godwin, and then you have a not-too-good David Blau with a Marvin Jones-less Kenny Galladay. What are you taking? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Blau's like my galaxy brand. I love Blau this week. Blau, <laughs> Should we just go straight to Galaxy Ranks? What if I told you that David Blau is the best six-foot quarterback in the NFL from Purdue? <laughs> from Purdue. What if he snuck the, the fump from That's Purdue because Drew there. Brees went there. Goddamn yeah. right, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> he saw where I was going. David Blau, maybe not in the NFL. This week, mm-hmm. highest scoring six-foot quarterback from Purdue is David Blau. Over Brees? Over Brees. <laughs> I don't know if he's over Brees. I think they're the same height, but he scores more points. That's the key. That's my galaxy brain. That was good. It might be 25 minutes of garbage time at the end after they fall behind 35 to 3. I have no idea, but it will happen and Kenny Galladay will get two touch. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. So that's my <laughs> that's how I feel about the matter. DK, who's your galaxy brain? Oh my God. So this one, I, I don't feel great about it, I'll be honest. And that's why I put it in the Galaxy Brain segment. But Jamal Williams of the Packers going up against Chicago. Not a great matchup. Uh, Williams is coming off of a game where he was outtouched by Aaron Jones 24 to 7. You know, but going back the last couple of months before last week, there was around a 50 50 volume split in that Green Bay offense. I mean, we've been complaining about Williams all season. Um, so I'm just curious if last week the, the you know, vast discrepancy between Jones and Williams was injury related. Uh, Williams was a late designation on the injury report with a knee injury. And so that could have been a part of why it was such a lopsided game. Overall, the snap counts, though, weren't that different. 36 for Jones, 26 for Williams. Kind of tying it all together, I think there's a good chance that Williams takes back a big part of the offense this week. Um, Matt LaFer, in fact, on Thursday said, everybody talks about Aaron, but I can't emphasize enough how important Jamal is to us as well. So clearly it's a little bit risky, but that's, again, why I put it in this Galaxy Brain segment. You got to hope for like a vulture touchdown or two. That's been his thing. 
<laughs> this whole season, essentially. Um, prior to last week, he had double-digit carries in the previous three games. And since week nine, he has racked up 19 red zone looks. So that's red zone targets or carries compared to 22 red zone looks for uh, for Aaron Jones, who has 15 touchdowns on the year somehow. Um, bottom line is they're getting a, the, the volume is there for him to have a big bounce back game. And so he's actually currently cheaper. He, he's cheap as hell, essentially. And, and I'm scrolling through here trying to find it, and it's taking me so long. He's 5,400. He's down there below Daryl Henderson. He's right by Brandon Bolden, David Johnson, who's barely even played in the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, he, he's very, very cheap. And that's my Galaxy brand. I think he up until last week, he had been a big, big part of that offense. So it's kind of like a bet that he'll return to that role. You had me at Brandon Bolden. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, Aaron Jones is, I think on the season, he's like the fourth running back. Aaron, there's nobody who's been more deceptive with his season-long totals than Aaron Jones because the Aaron Jones-Jamal Williams thing, Aaron Jones has, as you said, he's got 15 touchdowns this year, but his four best games, Aaron Jones has been so up and down that Aaron Jones's four best games, he has 693 yards and 10 touchdowns. And in the rest of the season, his other eight games, Aaron Jones has 511 yards and five touchdowns. Mm. And every week that Aaron Jones seems to have a big week, the next week he does very little. So that Aaron Jones is now a top seven most expensive running back this week. And then Jamal Williams is outside the top 50. I think that this is a really good one. So you're buying my galaxy brain, huh? Yes, because Jer- Hell yeah. Aaron Jones had a big week last week and he has not followed up a big week the entire <laughs> season. And I'm, I'm not suspicious. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. And I like Jamal <laughs> Williams for 53rd this week. So thank you for Michael Scotting it right there. That was no, good. I, I quote it. I, that's my original saying. It's like you miss 100% of the shots you take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, yeah. Benny Heifetz. Like, that's me. Nice. Craig, who's your galaxy brain? Is this a galaxy brain? I don't know what this segment means anymore. I feel like it's just like half, like guys who are cheap that you kind of like, maybe. Um, it's, uh, excuse it's me, Craig. you guys have been all normie about this. I'm throwing out David Blau. I went Eli Manning last week. I am going galaxy brain, galaxy <laughs> heart, and you guys are dragging this back to the mainstream. The cool, the cool thing about Galaxy Brain Play of the Week is it can be whatever you want it to be. That's really not what <sighs> participation awards. <laughs> That's 2019 awful. polluted. Um, all right, well, I'm going with Dallas Goddard. Maybe this isn't a Galaxy. The Galaxy Brain, brain is he plays for Philadelphia, but his name's Dallas. That's the Galaxy. No, I brain think players. this works. So Galaxy Brain is somewhat like the same. It's similar to Contrarian. Like, he's a backup tight end. He's so. a backup tight end. Zach <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. Zach Ertz had a huge week last week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he threw this in the dock, and I was like, uh, Goddard, he does not inspire very much confidence. I didn't know it was his galaxy brain thing. So. Philadelphia has no one on their team to throw the football to, and throwing the football is important. Excuse you. Josh McCown, 40-year-old backup quarterback, was lining up for receivers, so they do have people to catch passes. So I think there are currently three three wide receivers <laughs> other than Alshon on the roster. And Josh McCown. Can you name them? Um, Matt Collins. Is he not on the roster? He is not, according to... I think Eagles. he got cut. Yeah, he got oh like claimed by another team. Uh, Greg Ward. Greg Ward. That's the one I didn't think. It's Greg and Ward. Arcega Whiteside. Oh, Arce- he's hurt too, isn't he? Yeah, but that, that's it. It's Greg Ward, Arcega Whiteside, and Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar has a knee injury, and Arcega Whiteside has a hamstring injury. The real Galaxy brain is Josh McCown will line up in the slot. <laughs> that would that, be amazing. Actually. That's that, the ultimate that's test. Good, that that is a Galaxy. Is the slot right anti aging cream? We'll find out for Josh McCown. Except for then, then you have to play him at your quarterback spot, though. 
They FanDuel should make like a like a mystery <laughs> category where you can start a player at a different position and he can only sp- score points at the other position you say he That would, would just play. be the Taysom Hill thing. All right, we're getting yeah. off the rails, but you like Dallas Goddard because they literally have no one else. Yeah, I mean, Ertz has been the number one tight end over the last four weeks, but Goddard's been the number 10. And um, wow. the Redskins Doesn't are the ninth. say a lot about tight ends, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the Redskins are the ninth easiest team against tight ends. Um, and in the second half of the season, Ertz and Goddard are tied in red zone targets. So there might be some regression coming for Dallas Goddard. There we go. Fun fact, my brother played high school basketball against Zach Ertz. What? Wow, you've been keeping this one. Did he dunk on him? Did probably. he dunk on your brother? Uh, probably. Did your brother not play? Is that what the No, my brother was? started. They were similar heights. I mean, what is Eckert? 6'3", 6'4"? My brother's 6'3". Why do you have so many yeah, like first-person connections with like top-tier fantasy tight ends? NFC tight ends. I don't know. Uh, Austin Hooper <laughs> went to De La Salle, which is in our division, and Zach Ertz went to Monta Vista. Is there anything else? These things come in threes. Is there another story you got? No. No no beef with Kyle Rudolph, the the red zone reindeer? Perhaps next season. (laughs) There will be someone. (laughs) All right, let's move on. But before that, let's take a quick break. You know the risks of driving drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. You could get arrested, incur huge legal expenses, and possibly even lose your job. According to NHTSA's Fatality Analysis Reporting System, 839 people lost their lives in traffic crashes involving a drunk driver during the month of December 2018. During the Christmas and New Year's Day holidays in 2018 alone, there were more drunk driving-related fatalities than during any other holiday period that year. It is illegal to drive with a BAC at or above .08 in 49 states and the District of Columbia. No exceptions. In Utah, the limit is .05 BAC. On average, a DUI could set you back $10,000 in attorney's fees, fines, and court costs, lost time at work, higher insurance rates, car towing, and more. Always remember to plan ahead if you will be celebrating. Arrange for a sober driver or use public transportation or a ride service to get home safely. You know the consequences of driving drunk, and you're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. The Fantasy Football Podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook odds maker of The Ringer. You've probably heard me talk about FanDuel Sportsbook for the past few weeks, so by now you know about their simple, intuitive app that makes placing your bets easy. But this week, I want to tell you about another feature that I think really sets FanDuel apart from other sports betting sites. Same Game Parlays. A Same Game Parlay is a parlay combining bets, multiple bets from one single game. A same-game parlay is a parlay combining multiple bets from one single game. For example, you could parlay the over, the spread, and a player prop, or even three player props. Same-game parlays are a great option if you think you have a great read on how a single game is going to play out. If only someone on this podcast has said that Eli Manning was going to throw two touchdowns to Darius Slayton on the first half of the Giants-Eagles game on Monday Night Football. Now, maybe I would have parlayed that with the Giants winning and I would have lost, but that's not the point is you can make up anything you feel strongly about. Same game parlays are now available everywhere FanDuel Sportsbook is. So you can start building them today in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, and West Virginia. Look at that, Jersey and Pennsylvania, where the Giants and the Eagles play. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can place your first same game parlay 100% risk-free. That's right, you can place any bet and get up to $500 back in site credit if you do not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app on iOS or visit fanduel.com slash Android. And be sure to use the promo code RINGERNFL to place your first bet risk-free. 
That is FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code RINGERNFL. And now here's the legal stuff. Must be 21 plus and physically present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, or West Virginia. Applies to first wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires 14 days after receipt. Terms and restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, let's get to Goldilocks, middle range sweet spot. DK, who's someone not too expensive or not too cheap that you're looking for this week? I like your boy Darius Slayton of the Giants. Going up against the Dolphins. Dolphins defense, not good. He's 6,300. He's been a beast over the last couple of months. Eli seems to really trust him. We we saw that last week. He found him on two uh, deep touchdown passes. Slayton has 39 targets in the last four games, so that's a nice... He's got a nice floor-ceiling combination. Obviously, he's getting a lot of targets, but he also has the touchdown upside. He's got a couple of two-touchdown games on his resume over the last couple after last month. Miami is 29th against opposing wide receivers this year. And quietly, this game kind of has some shootout potential with uh, Fitzpatrick going up against Eli. A couple of really bad defenses. What a sentence. I know, right? It's, it's, it's taking it back a few years. You know Cleveland offered a first-round pick to the Giants for Darius Slayton, and they wanted to. Kettleman. Two first-rounders. Wait, what? No, that was a complete joke. I was making an Odell Beckham <laughs> joke. That was not at all real. My point is Odell's been replaced, <laughs> and Darius Slayton is the man. Oh, man. Darius Slayton's unbelievable. He makes a play every week. He's good. He's fantastic. He's good. Also, speaking of which, this, is, this one's not a joke. This is from NFL Research. Darius Slayton is the first rookie to have multiple games of 100-plus receiving yards and two-plus receiving touchdowns in a single season since 2014 when three players did it. Alan Hearns, Mike Evans, and... Odell Beckham. Alan Hearns. <laughs> I know, right? He really ruins the stat. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> yeah. What he, team is he on? The Dolphins? Yeah, he's yeah. still there. Yeah. They're playing the Giants this week. It's him and Isaiah Ford. The battle of the greats. <laughs> I've often said, I've often said <laughs> Alan Hearns. There's always someone that ruins a stat like that. Sometimes it's perfect. Like, especially yeah. in basketball, it's like Oscar Robinson, like Magic Johnson, Russell Westbrook, and like, I don't know. Uh, Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Pacers. Oh, now, now I'm just embarrassing myself. Yeah, it's okay. Damn it. Let's get All back right. to the sport you're good at. All right. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right. Darius Slayton, good at football. Uh, yeah. I was, who was, uh, he was point guard for the Pacers. Right now? No, it's five. We'll think of it later. Darren Collison. Yes. All right. Glad we got that. That was important <laughs> to me. You know who's really good at football now in 2019? Raheem Mostert. 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 Mostert? We'll get it one day. The point is, he's really good at football. You don't need to pronounce it to have him on your, on your dream. <laughs> he is $7,500. He's outside the top 10 most expensive running backs, which is bananas. It is crazy. He is amazing. The 49ers have the second most rushing attempts for any team. And if the Baltimore Ravens lead it, but if you look at only running back carries, the Niners have the most running back carries by far. And now Raheem Mostert is the most not the most. He's the number one guy in that backfield. It's not even close. Kyle Shanahan on Monday said, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, Raheem's earned it over these last few weeks. I mean, how many games can you go and how many can you go averaging six yards a carry? I mean, we keep trying to balance it out, but what Raheem has done these last few weeks and has continued to do, we need to give him more opportunities. He's given us no choice. I'm happy for him and it's been great. He's been extremely impressive and quote, unbelievably, he's the 11th most expensive back. He should be way higher. <laughs> It's it's 
I don't know. He's, this is so obvious to me. I, I don't really understand why he wouldn't be more money. Yeah. I mean, and they're one. going against the Falcons. The Falcons suck. There you go. Craig, who's your Goldilocks this week? Um, I have two. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, the first one is Jarvis Landry playing the Cardinals. He's 7,400 bucks. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on with Odell. He doesn't want to play for the Browns anymore. He's got a sports hernia. It seems like Jarvis does want to play for the Browns, which is a big bonus this week. Um, <laughs> he's been the wide receiver eight over the last four weeks. Arizona's giving up the six most points to wide receivers this year. If Patrick Peterson, he's not having that great of a year, is going to guard anybody, it's probably going to be Odell. I think the Cardinals just cut their uh, slot corner, so which is where Jarvis will be. I just think this is a really nice spot for Jarvis to have a good game indoors for the Browns. Landry's quietly been really good been this great. year, actually. Why wouldn't Patrick yeah. Peterson guard Landry? Because aren't they like, yeah, no, he uh, doesn't want to play for the Browns. What do you mean? I'm guessing Patrick Peterson's going to want to guard the most talented wide receiver, which is still on paper, Odell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. There we go. And then my bonus. Yeah, you got another one. Darren Waller on the Raiders playing the Jags. I saw this interesting um, stat by Ian Harditz of Roto World. Uh, it was called Explosive Pass Rate. And he had this cool chart that kind of like mapped Basically, the sum of an offensive rate of 20-plus yard completions versus the sum of a, the opposing defense's rate of 20-plus yards completions given up and combine them to just, like, show you what games are more likely to have explosive plays. And the Jags-Raiders game was number one. And um, Really? Waller's mm-hmm. the seventh most expensive tight end this week, although he's been second in targets and receiving yards uh, in the last four games, only behind Zach Ertz. So I like Waller Just get him week. in the end zone. He's, yeah. been, he's been allergic to touchdowns. They just got to get him in the end zone. Mm-hmm. That actually leads right into my bargain bin of the week, which is I just have Chris Conley and the Jaguars for the exact same logic because he's been so up and down in boomer bust and the Jaguars have had been absolutely awful the last month. But the same reason we loved A.J. Brown last week, which is the Raiders give up the most 20-plus yard plays or pass plays in the league, the most 40-plus yard pass plays in the league, they still suck. <laughs> and they're worse at it because A.J. Brown burned them last week. And I really like Chris Conley to get that because, unfortunately, D.J. Chark is hurt with an ankle injury. Uh, so maybe he plays, maybe not, but pff, unlikely it seems he's going to play. So Chris Conley could step yeah. up a lot, and I think this Raiders pass the— I mean, the Raiders are in an awful place. Like, they released safety DJ Swearinger. They released Preston Brown, who's a linebacker. They released defensive end Terrell McLean because basically Gruden's pissed, and it's like, this is insane. But those—they they didn't actually have anyone to promote. They That just left them with 50 guys in their 53-man roster. It was not immediately clear who they're going to add from the practice squad, whether any of their practice squad guys are ready to play, like— the guys that are next man up, quote unquote, for this team are not actually game ready. Like they're not experienced. They're rookies or undrafted dudes who have just not really been able to play. So I am not optimistic at all the Raiders defense gets better. So I like Chris Conley, but it also makes a lot of sense that the Raiders would have someone be able to do it. He's uh yeah, he I don't have it in front of me, but he's actually averaged like six point six targets per game over the last six or seven games. So yeah, he he's been getting the the volume and I think like we like you said, with Chark out. Or probably out. It's it's not looking good. I believe he's listed. I think Chark is listed as week to week. Yeah, week to week. We'll see. That. We're recording this Thursday afternoon, so if, yeah. we'll see if he's a practice participant on Friday. If he plays, I, I don't know if he's going to be 100. Exactly. percent that way. So yeah, DK, who's your bargain bin play of the week? So I'm going. So this is a little bit of cheating, but going with the uh, Panthers tight end group. So either Ian Thomas or Greg Olson, whoever ends up being. So basically, it depends on what happens with Greg Olson. Olson's availability is the thing to monitor here going forward. It's Thursday. He's still in the concussion protocol. He was limited at practice. He indicated to reporters that he might be cleared on Friday. It's unclear. If Olson plays, I think Olson's a good play. He has seven, five, and ten targets in his last three games prior to getting hurt. Um, 
you know, their their offense is Kyle Allen likes checking down to the tight end. He's not been good deep. The Seahawks have been very, very bad against opposing tight ends. They just let Tyler Higby tear him up. Um, they're 31st against opposing tight ends this season per FanDuel scoring. Um, however, if Olsen is out, I think Ian Thomas, who is his backup, is a great play as well. Last week, 10 targets, 5 catches, 57 yards, a touchdown, 14.2 PPR points. So both of these guys are super cheap. Ian Thomas is actually more expensive right now, 5,300. And if Olsen plays, he's only 4,900. So both of those are screaming deals in my mind. You like that more than what Craig just said about Darren Waller? I mean, I like Waller too. I think Waller's a good play as well, but... Um, a little bit more expensive. I guess if you really need to stretch your dollar, you can go for these guys. So Waller is 6200 and you save 900 bucks with Ian Thomas, 53, and then you save whatever it is. What, was he 4900 Yeah, for Olsen. So yeah, it's a good chunk of change that you can put somewhere else. I love it. Craig, you got a bargain bid? Who are you scraping bottom of the barrel? This is just like a feeling. This is one of those feeling games. Terry McLaurin and the Redskins playing the Eagles. Just watching what Darius Slayton did against the Eagles last week, I was like, Terry McLaurin, uh, who has had a lot of these plays this year, with Haskins gaining chemistry, I don't know. I feel like I feel like a fifty-yard touchdown is in the. Did you see his touchdown catch play. last week? Who Slayton or McLaurin? Uh, McLaurin. It was like behind him, one-handed catch in the in the end zone. It was a sick catch. Yeah, I mean, everybody just keeps saying that Philly can't just defend speed, and that's exactly what McLaurin has. So if they can get, yeah. if they can connect on one deep ball, he'll make your flex play be worth it. It's wild how much of the Eagles Super Bowl team has just been the same for three years. Just injuries in the secondary, problems yeah. with their tackles being healthy, uh, the running backs and receivers, like just the same thing over and over and over and over again. And Carson Wentz do it in December. What's up? It's like the longest Super Bowl hangover. Real tough. But yeah, McLaur- McLaurin's really good. Also, shockingly high yards per route run and pro football focus for a rookie. Yeah, he's been legit. He's been really legit. All right, let's get to se- let's get to building our team, or FanDuel lineup of the week. How are you feeling about this, Danny? I like this one. DK, you, you want to start us off with this one? Sure. We uh, are starting off with Ryan Tannehill, quarterback. I don't think we mentioned him yet, but obviously he's been really, really hot over the last, well, since week seven when he took over as starter. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL since that time, at least statistically. And they're going up against a Houston defense that just got completely torched by Drew Locke. And again, like I said, similar offensive styles, a lot of play action, a lot of scheming guys into open space. So I think Tannehill has an opportunity really here to uh, exploit a bad Houston defense. And, and so I like him a lot in that in that game. At running back, we got Leonard Fournette going up against Oakland. Again, Fournette is just a volume monster. He hasn't had the touchdown production this week or this season to um, really go with that volume. So he could be due for that positive regression this week. Going up against Oakland, bad defense. Uh, I like it. And then at the other running back spot, Raheem Mostert, which we've talked about just now, is now the de facto starter in San Francisco. They run the ball a ton. He's very, very fast. He's explosive. They're a great run scheme. He had two touchdowns last week, uh, one in the air and one on the ground. So he's just a versatile, really, really good player, and he's really cheap. Leads the whole league in yards per carry, and now he's going to be getting a lot of carries. So There you go. Also, Tannehill, 13th most expensive quarterback, again, since week seven, number three fantasy quarterback. And until they yeah, fix the that, the pricing just hasn't caught up with until that. Until they all. fix it, let's do it. Craig, want to finish this out? Sure. Our three receivers this week are going to be DeAndre Hopkins, who we covered, Debo Samuel going up against Atlanta in what should be an easy victory, and then uh, Darius Slayton, your boy, DH's favorite, 
The new Odell. <laughs> the new Victor Cruz. I love Darius. He's the new Victor Cruz. Oh, he is the new Victor Cruz. Yeah, he's the Victor Cruz. And then we're going with Tyler Higby. A guy who Danny Heivitz and I got in our fantasy league. Somehow nobody added him off of waivers. Huge. Huge We have Jared Cook us. and Evan Ingram. So Love Higby going up against Dallas this week in Dallas, um, who gave up the 22nd most points to tight ends. Our flex, we're going with Chris Conley, who we talked about earlier. DJ Chark's going to be out with an ankle injury. Playing the Raiders, give up a lot of big plays. And then finally, we're going to let we're the Patriots feast on Andy Dalton. I <laughs> could not recommend the Patriots like just more in every facet this week, whether it's DFS or just like the line. I don't care if the line's 10 or 100. The Patriots are going to score 200 points in this game. <laughs> because mean, they're so much- angry about what just transpired this week with this videotaping thing. I have... If it was like Patriots minus 25, I would actually bet in the Patriots. I'm not even... I'm not well, you know you can create your own spread and get crazy odds for it. You should do On that. FanDuel Sportsbook, mm-hmm. you can make your own parlay. There you go. There you go. Dick, how do you feel about the pass this week? I feel good about it. I feel good about this lineup. I like this lineup. It's there's some there's a little bit of so there's a few risky guys in here. We've been winning those some are money. Craig's guys. Fandle's like been good it, to us. Like oh, it. it's been my guys. Yeah, Mr. it's your guys are the risky ones in this lineup. The guy who's winning the streamer of the week competition. I don't know about that. Look, yeah, man. yeah. Well, <laughs> I want to hear you that say one. that again with your big Gardner Minshew mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. We we never uh, we'll, we'll we'll double or nothing for the playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> that out. All right, that's that's all we got. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, A.J. Brown, who's just been very kind to us. And thank you to Ryan Tannehill. But mostly, thank you to Eli Manning. We'll see you guys next week. You know the risks of driving drunk. There could be a crash people could get hurt or killed. You could get arrested, incur huge legal expenses, and possibly even lose your job. You know the consequences of driving drunk, and you're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. 